What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, you guys. Good evening or good morning. This is Jim from James C. Stark Radio. Welcome to the show. We got a treat for you today. We have a local comedian in the house with us, a real funny guy. The way I met him was even funnier, and what I did to the floor of his car was even funnier. Anyways, that's the story we're going to talk about a little bit later. Right now, I want you guys to put your hands together, make a little bit of noise out there, and welcome one of our funniest local guys, Jonathan Ponciano. How you doing, John? Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you for having me, man. Good to be here. <laughs> it's really cool. Um I haven't had a comedian on here for a long time nice. because it's hard to find not a good comedian, but a comedian that's willing to sit down and open up like you do and kind of tell us some really funny things without giving two shits about it. Uh, I'm an open <laughs> so book, I'm an open book. Just ask away. <laughs> oh, man. It's so cool. So where did you, when did you first decide that you were going to be a comedian? When, when did the little Mr. Funny Man pop out? And like, Did your mom keep telling you, would you knock it off and knock it off? And you kept pushing it until you were like, you know what? I'm getting attention. I like this. Now, what happened? Like, how um, did it start? You know, growing up as a kid, they, they, they would call me a payaso, which means clown in Spanish. <laughs> and, um, you know, just always goofy, whatever. And just growing up, life. Uh, you know, it took its toll, and I forgot about it. And a few years ago, I remember I brought it up to a girlfriend, like, "Yeah, you know, I think I um, might want to become a comedian." Well, actually, so well, how did what, she start laughing right then and there, Jerry? Get your first no. laugh when you said that, or was she behind you? <laughs> no, no, no. Like um, <laughs> when I started telling people, um, most people were like, mm, "Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that that's yeah, I could really see you doing that." And I'm I'm like, okay, because I, I expected people like, oh, shut the fuck up, sit down, dude. Yeah. Right, yeah, make me look. Yeah, no, go that's get a job. Funny. Yeah. All that shit, man. Um, but actually, yeah, the only thing funny about you is you're a broke Mexican. <laughs> that's not even original. So <laughs> I, I, I remember what, what sparked the, the idea was a, um, a, a, a ex friend of mine, she mentioned to me, she's like, hey, um, I I signed up for a, a open mic stand up comedy. I I thinking of doing it. And I remember in my head, I didn't say it out loud, but in my head I thought, bitch, I'm funnier than you. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. and then years went by, but that 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 seed ha- was planted that day. Gotcha. Years went yeah. by, um even after I mentioned to my ex-girlfriend, uh, and then I mentioned to other people they're like, yeah, I can see it. I still, it went by. Um, I was too scared to do it. 
and then I just I just felt the need to do it. Um, I I felt the need for the stage um, through a karaoke night. You know, I I never do this shit, and a friend of mine just kept bugging me. So I went to karaoke that night, and then she, she knew that I, I grew up in church, and I used to sing. I used to sing choir, I used to lead, and, and do all this stuff so I could sing, right? So you're already comfortable with an audience? Correct. You, okay, good. So you didn't in, in, in a way, you know, but every, all, that, all that wasn't, like, church-related. So when I left church, I just, I just kind of turned my back on all that because I just categorized all that in, in church stuff. Yeah, you're right? not going to get booed off stage in church while you're singing, <laughs> even if you're off-key, right? Now it's real. <laughs> now you're by yourself. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I, I forgot that that high that you get when you're on stage, you know? Oh, yes. And when I did karaoke, um, like, people were clapping and cheering, and it, it, it just it just reignited that high for stage, for that attention that we get, that validation that we get when we're on stage. Um, so I had already been flirting with the idea of comedy, and then uh, it was in October of 2017 where I, I did my very first uh, open mic. I put it out there uh, on Facebook, and one of my buddies from San Diego was like, hey, one of our mutual friends in, in Phoenix, uh, he, he's doing a stand-up. He'll hook you up with the open mics and let you know where to go. So I contacted him. They uh, He told me, yeah, there's this uh, uh, comedy off Main on Sunday has an open mic, and uh, be here from this time to this time. Well, I had gone to like a business meeting, so I, I was showing up late, way after the time that I, I could have oh, okay. signed up. Great. And but I'm like, I'm still gonna go just because I I understand the importance of networking, so I need to sure. go meet this guy, and you know just see this place for myself and and, and whatnot. Uh, I went in there not not even planning on going up, and uh, at this point, this this guy, which I later found out that was the owner of it. Uh, he was out there, he did his thing, and it may have been like 60 seconds after I walked in and sat down, uh, he's like, hey, new guy that just walked in, do you have something you want to say? And I remember at that point, I'm just like, fuck it, dude, I traveled this far, why not, dude? Let's do it, let's yeah. do it. So I, I did it, and I bombed. <laughs> it was crickets, man. Um, and, and what got the most laugh was some the dumbest shit I thought about earlier that day. Um, so I, I, I had, throughout that time, uh, some dude recently had asked me uh, at a bar, hey, were, were you a fighter? Have you fought before? And I'm just like, uh, no, why would you ask me that? He's like, oh, you know, your, your shoulders and just like your physique looks like mm -hmm. you used to be a fighter. And I was like, no, I've, I've never fought, like, competed fighting or nothing before. And uh, he was like, oh, all right. So then I'm like, okay. So I, I try to turn that into a joke. And, and it, it I, I still think it's ridiculous, but people fucking like it. Which well, you have it, that it, built, though. You look you look like you've been in the ring. Like, you boom, you know, you nothing else somebody. You know, so, definitely. <laughs> so the joke went like this. Um, hey, man, I, I recently had someone come up to me like, hey, man, uh, are you some sort of fighter or something? And I'm like, yeah, you know, thank you for noticing. But yeah, you know, I'm 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 a fighter because, 
you know, if you put some tacos or burritos in front of me, I will fuck them up. <laughs> and, and people just fucking laughed at that shit. I'm like, what the fuck? I feel like yelling, like, that's not even funny. <laughs> all the shit I was writing, you know. haven't even worked it yet. <laughs> yeah, all the shit I was oh, writing out oh no. for, like, weeks, you know, like, <laughs> right. kind of playing double dutch. Like, okay, jump in, not jump in, you know, like, right, right. all that didn't hit. But that dumb thing that I thought about in the shower hit hit the most, and... And that's when I walked out off, you know, so... At least you got to laugh. Yeah, yeah I, I got to laugh, man. But that that's what started uh, this whole comedy journey of mine. And it, it's, been, it's been ups and downs, but it definitely has been euphorically good. Yes, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. It, it's, it's funny. You get up there and the audience responds, and it's a great feeling. When, when you're bombing, what's going through your head when you're bombing? As a musician, I know, but I, as a comedian, I have no um, idea because so, I'm not. I, I make an ass of myself naturally. They just laugh at me no matter what stupid shit I'm doing. So it's nothing. <laughs> but, so, but I, I mean, know, that's. But, uh, like, yeah, like, what are you guys thinking of? Is your ass burning? Is your, are you getting tunnel vision? Are you freaking out? Or is your mind just scrambling for something to say? Or what's going on? I think for the most part, it, it, it did scramble. I know at first, for me, at first, I would be like, Okay, I'm bombing here. All right, man. I guess I'm gonna just have to move my my best joke for you know front, not save it for last, whatever. And then that bomb too, you know. So then it's like, oh, oh shit. shit, like you panic and yeah, like all right, well, I guess that's my time. Give <laughs> 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 give the give the money um, back to the host. Is there is there any, is, do you have like any tricks to get out of that situation? You know, when you're when you're stuck under fire like that. Well, now. Now it, it, it's very good to like I observe, and before I didn't do this, I heard Joe Rogan talk about this about a um, pre-stage routine, and basically he talked about stretching okay. before he went up. And I I'm into yoga, I do yoga, and I I, I just I'm like okay that makes sense to me, so I started doing that now. Get that blood flowing. Get the brain working. And not only that, you know, because what what I found out through it is that when I'm when I'm just folded in half, I can't breathe with my stomach, so it slows down my breathing. It slows everything down. And then by the time I'm up there, I'm like, okay, I'm I feel that I'm in tune. That's how grapplers. With... That's how grapplers train. You <laughs> right? fold it over okay. so you can breathe that way. So that that makes a lot of sense. So a lot of, and I, I, Joe, I, I Joe never, yeah, I've never grappled. That, too, that makes a lot um, of sense. But it did. But yeah. Wow. Well, he nailed that. Good job, it, Joe. It, that's it, good. <laughs> right? No. Yeah, man, really. I'm, I'm a I'm a huge fan of his podcast. That's yeah, definitely me too. My number one. Uh, for a lot of reasons uh, and a lot of comic uh, of advice that he has there, especially when he has like other comics as guests, uh, they talk about do's and don'ts and like if you listen closely, they'll they'll tell you watch out for these red flags, watch out for that, and that has really helped me out in in my small short journey here as a comic in the Phoenix comedy scene. That's good. So that. All that advice is paying off. So you're, you're folded up and you're breathing through it. And does like your mind open up into like a, a new approach to the next joke, or do you are you playing off an audience member? Can you look at someone and just start ad libbing with them to get out of it? So you, and like, and which, like, all, all of that, all of that, everything. All of that. The safety net that. So the the safety. If it's a the, secret, don't don't no, say no, it. No, 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 no. So there, there's it. really no safety net that I go to, 
um, the way that I started, and once I started looking at this metaphor this way, it, it started helping me out uh, while I'm up there. Is um, I view getting up and doing a set, I view it as skydiving, as when I went skydiving. Okay. You know, you, you did all the training, you did all the preparation down, now you're up there, you're seeing everyone else go before you, now it's your turn. Yeah, you're fucking scared shitless. Hell yeah, yeah, I was. I was nervous as hell. But they tell you, uh, when I went skydiving, they said, look uh, at your uh, uh, right top shoulder. And what am I looking at? I'm looking at the wing. When I got to the door, I'm looking at the wing. So I'm not looking down. I'm not looking at the land. And then they tilt forward. So they, you know, basically do that for you. Whatever happens from once you're off the plane, meaning whatever happens once you're on stage, to when you get down to the land, to mm -hmm. once your your set is done, is gonna fucking happen, regardless of how much prepared you were, because you don't know if you're gonna hit a duck or a bird on the way down, as you don't know yeah, if that's very you're true. gonna have I mean, some random drunk, some metaphor. random shit happen, uh, uh, audio malfunction, um, um, lights go out, some some random shit, and you just have to roll with the punches. Um. But once once you land, then okay, it's over. Now we need to reset and do it again. And you know, you I record every all my sets. Different. Yeah, every ride is different. It is. I record all, all my sets audio. That was a great advice I got from other comics, and I review them, and then that way I can see. Oh, I messed up here. I, I did that, this and that, and that's you know kind of where most of my writing comes from. Is I I. I tried writing word for word, which that's like the advice way to do it. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of comics that they count. Um, they count their their laughs per minute. Oh, okay. Like if how many laughs they get per minute on oh, whatever wow. joke and stuff. Like, okay. I don't, I don't do none of that. Like, that, to me, I'm like, I'm too fucking lazy. That's too much fucking work for me. You know, yeah. Um, what I I'm just going off feeling. I'm going off vibes, and I'm I'm vibing. I'm feeling the crowd, and you know I I point out certain stuff, but still have my my routine that I go through my jokes. Uh, but if I see something or whatever, someone says something. Uh, let's say if someone says something during your set, you can't just power through it because you lose you lose the respect of the crowd. Sure. So you have oh, to yeah, point you it out. Be, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh -huh. what, what was that? Well, what, what you say? Oh, nothing. Okay, yeah, it sounded like nothing. Thank you. You know, like, or I had some some guy one time. He a little heckler bleeds. Yeah, we we were uh, at a bar, and I'm like, I thought this was a Raiders bar. Uh, what's with all this uh, carnal stuff around here? They had all this carnal decoration, and some guy yelled. Uh, Redskins, and he put his his head down. I was like, <laughs> and you know, everyone looked at him. I'm like, yeah, I would put my head down too if I was a Redskins fan. <laughs> and you know, everyone laughed at it. Like it, it was just, an, but I couldn't ignore it. You know, I couldn't just right. keep going because then everyone be like, oh shit. I know how that can go. There's there's times uh, someone can yell something out and. You don't want to say anything back because sometimes it is funny and it's like, oh, I don't even, I don't want to respond because it's, that's, this is funny. But there are those times that it's like, well, wait, what? 
Anyway, I can't, I can't let you say that in front of everybody, and I have to, without at least saying something back. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been called all, all kinds of goopy things before, good and bad and ugly. But, but so sometimes what, what, you respond, sometimes you don't. But I understand what you're saying. You can't. But as, you, as you, a you musician, gotta, gotta quick. It, it's it's a lot different, man. Right. So that's my other point. You know, like w- between bands, you'll have like a host. The mm-hmm. host can't ignore that. The host has to like, oh, what you say, or you know, kind of like. Yeah, that's what I'm. Be, because then they'll lose the there. respect, yeah. uh-huh. you know, of the crowd. So you have to just maintain that. Like, uh-huh. you have to vibe with them. You know, like, that's just the best way to put it. And the funny thing is, is why I usually get it hosting, like, the fights. Because that's when the crowd's rowdy and this and then They want to pick on somebody. They're guys, they're just, you right. know. So I'm their friend, but I'm their punching bag, too, with that one. But see, you, that's your gig. That's half your gig is having to deal with them. We get, you know, the musicians, you know, they're, they're mostly whistling. The girls are this and that. And the guys are letting you really have it if you suck. And they're behind you if you're good. But there's someone who's a wise-ass who's drunk. Mm-hmm. But he's not heckling us as a comedian. So that always just and goes right past us. But welcome. you guys. Yeah, they are. Absolutely, <laughs> They yes. are welcome. But I man. love when love you guys them. handle it because that's part of your job. That's part <laughs> of your show. So that's the coolest thing. So uh, what's the worst heckle you ever got? The worst heckle I ever got, like the one that you still that still hurts, or the one that still pisses you off, like you, that you had to like rush back at him. The worst heckle I ever got was at this uh, bar here in the Melrose District. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it's called. It, I don't even think they're open. I don't think they survived the Corona uh, yeah. shutdown. Uh, it's called the Quail, and there was this. Uh, he looked like he was a Chicano. Uh, he had an LA hat. Uh, and I forget what he was saying, you know, like I, I, I forget what he was saying. He just kept, he just wouldn't shut up, you know? And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, buddy. Uh, I addressed him. And then he, he just like yelling, just talking, you know, being drunk and obnoxious. And, and he, he, I remember he was like, I forget what he's saying, but he was making, trying to make fun of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, all right, big boy. Hey, man, you think you're funny, dude? This is an open mic. You know, like, oh, the, the list is right there, brother. <laughs> you know, you think you're funny. You, you're pretty <laughs> yeah, loud out here, you know? And, uh, you know, he just, like, started. But I remember getting to a point where I, I like, I wanted to be like, well, what the fuck you want to do, motherfucker? You know, like, yeah, like, he, get all ghetto on him. you all the way there. Yeah. yeah. Um, <sighs> and... I remember I'm like, dude, I can't do that. You know, I can't, I can't do that. So I, I just, you know, said, hey, man, hey, big boy, we, you know, there's a sign-up sheet, you know, if, you, if you're so loud, whatever, if you ain't got the boss to sign up, then shut the fuck up, you know, and then uh, he said something, and then he turned around and kept playing pool, and then I, I went about, you know, the rest of my bit, which fucking bombed after that, and then... uh <sighs> You know, like, I, I just felt bad. Like, I was like, damn, I shouldn't have let you that motherfucker. Right, he wiped it all out. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, like, that, that was, man, I just didn't react the right proper way that I should have. Um, and, and I don't, you know, he, he got me to that point, like, where I was pissed. Yeah, you got your skin and you got your wipe out. I'm yeah. Like, what the fuck, you, you know, <laughs> what the fuck you trying to do, motherfucker? But, yeah, that's definitely not the right thing to do, uh, you know, at no one's mic or, or bars or you know, that's not the type of publicity that you want to bring to an open mic or to the scene, you know, where right. you're, you know, you're fighting with fucking other <laughs> people <laughs> right, attending right. the bar, you know, just whatever. But that that was the, the worst heckle that I ever got, man. Um, I, I remember that and, and I still... 
to this day I'm driving thinking of different ways I could have said something yeah. that was funnier yeah, than what I said sure. and how I reacted. Well, you'll get another one. You'll, you'll be able to try. Oh, no, for sure. I'm, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've definitely... Do you ever... I'm uh, out there enough to... I'll get one soon. Do you ever have a heckler that, that, that got you so good that you couldn't stop laughing? No. Hmm? No one's ever got you yet no. like that? Okay, that's no. pretty funny. Usually hecklers are, are... I've only seen it happen two Entitled two times, people, not funny. It was funny. Yeah, you're, yeah, I hear yeah, you. They're, yeah, they're you're entitled. Right. They're right. not funny. Yeah. So yeah, they may think they're funny, but unless you're unless no you're at a Jimmy Carr concert, <laughs> Jimmy Carr, because he invites them to do that. And that's yeah. the thing. They're not the entitled idiots, but I, I you know, L guy's funny. But um, so tell me, who are some of like? I know I, I can't ask who your favorite is because, like me, there's too many to mention. Like who I like. And yeah, who I like. no, and I, I hate, and I know you have some influences, yeah, but in I'm, different I'm not, genres and different things. I don't like things, those but, type of questions. Like in any, like when people are like, right. oh, who's your, who's your uh, all-time favorite running back, or who's your all-time favorite? Uh, there, yeah, you can't ask like, the all-time question. Yeah, there's it's too just, many. It's That's too many. Saying, like so I like, like certain people for certain other reasons, and the same thing with yeah. comedy. I like That's certain yeah. people. For certain reasons, some are just really good storytellers, like Carlin, and mm-hmm. have a really—they know how to put in a really deep message, but make it funny. Right. You know, like Chappelle, also, like mm-hmm. he's really good at that. Um, and uh, other ones, you you have like really dry humor. Um, you have like uh, 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 Hedberg, Mitch Hedberg. Oh yeah, and, like you know, just, just yeah, that's one-liners, that's, yeah, and, and stuff like that, which. Man, I I love listening to Mel Hedberg. Um, he went too soon that one. He yeah. had he was funny, but yeah, his his style was so just yeah. You're so just dry. man. You you know you know the ones funny that funny as hell. You know the ones because he was he was a little bit before my era, uh, but the ones that that I'm like man, they went too soon, and I never got to see them live. It's uh, Greg Giraldo mm. and Patrice O'Neill. Okay. Like those, those are some of my favorites to watch. Uh, obviously on YouTube now, mm-hmm. but yeah, like they they were just very smart. Like it, they it were was different, a different too. level. They were, right. Didn't they had a different of, style yeah, than everybody? A different style, yeah, for sure. And that's what sticks out. You know, you can't. That's why you can, we can have a lot of favorites. You can't, but you can't be like them because it's their thing. You have to be different. But if you're like if you're a true comedian. You, you you don't have to be like anyone else. You're trying to be your own thing. And too many comedians are trying so hard to be funny that they're forgetting that they're just emulating someone else or a whole bunch of them at once. Yeah. And the other, you know, these guys are great. Like, don't forget the comedians also that speak for the rest of us who can't, like Bill Burr. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, the, the stuff that he talks about, and I swear it's like, Man, every man in the world thinks this stuff, and women too. But they, they're afraid to say it. And he's like, "Oh, come on, we're all thinking it." Oh, I love Bill without Burr, even man. saying that. But I, that's what I, he does, and he's one I'm of my a favorite huge fan of Bill Burr. And actually, I I believe, uh, yeah, he, I I saw him when he came here to Phoenix at Stand Up Live downtown about two three years ago. Man, it was it was like packed, man, sold out, oh. like. Everything was yeah, it, it, like you were shoulder to shoulder with with. I'm everyone sure. Else. Like yeah, it, it, I, I missed that one, but I haven't missed anything time, else man. he's done. It was <laughs> such a great time. All. I love him. Uh, love love. Uh, he's him things. on the Joe Rogan podcast, mm-hmm. and you know, just um, definitely his stand up comedy is is very, you know, um, 
I guess some people may call it controversial, but it, it speaks to us, though. You know, it does say it stuff does that we I don't think there's anything we can't say out loud sometimes. That's the only controversial and, thing about it is the rules that they say we can't right. say. He says why. He says it anyway. And, you know, and yeah, we're all thinking. I, lo- I love that, man. I, I love just, yeah, definitely. How I've do seen you all get, his specials on Netflix for sure. <laughs> how do you guys come up with your material? I mean, he, he like just he just says what we're thinking, which is perfect. <laughs> I mean, all our thoughts like go right into his head, and he's like, yeah, here it is. How do you guys come up with your material? Everybody's different. How do you come up with yours? Like, this, do you just see something funny, more observation kind of things, or is it stories you've grown up with? There's a little bit of all of it that, so that inspires I, you. I'm definitely observing, and I'm trying to tell people. So, no, I, I'm, I don't use the word try. I am telling people the story through my eyes, you know, what I'm seeing in the world. So a lot of it is my observations, what I've, what I've, uh, what I see, and, and what I'm going through. What I've discovered is that I, I work the best uh, with emotions, right? So if someone pisses me off, <laughs> hand me a paper and pad, like I, okay, I'm, I, I'm fired up, like. You know, if if I'm just euphorically happy or whatever, like just emotions, I'm very emotional driven. And a lot of that, you know, determines the type of jokes that I'm pulling out or what I'm saying on at open mics. Now, open mics, that's like that's like our our gym. But also that is like our wall where we get to throw shit at, you know, and see what sticks. Sure. So, saying, saying it's your gym says all that. You know, right yeah, there, that's where you, we're, yeah, we're working that's, out. We're working perfect. out material. Yeah, that's, and all that. that's a great way to but put we're, it. But we're also throwing shit against the wall and see what's sticking. Like, yeah. not everything's going to be funny. At least it's, it's funny to me in my head, but it may not be funny. Or just the way I'm delivering it is not funny to the people. I was just going to ask you that. When you, when you write the joke, it doesn't work the first time. You just kind of throw it away, or, do you, or do, you, do you see what didn't work and try to rewrite it? To see if there's a better angle on that. So and the to same me, thing. it depends how I feel about the joke. Like if it's like, eh, fuck it, you know, it's just some random thought that I had. Well, I don't think it's not worth that funny. Really but if it's something that's like, you know what, dude, now nah, there's funny in this motherfucker. I'm gonna just find gonna it. Find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then I'll keep it and I'll just work at it and I'll I'll find ways to reword it and rephrase it and uh, maybe I should start with this. Maybe I should like it's it's just. It's like putting a puzzle together, you know, uh, a never-ending puzzle. You just, you know, I, I go up, I record, I go home and listen, and, oh, man, I could have said this. Oh, if I would have led with this, or I would have, blah, blah, blah. And then, okay, on the next one, let's see if I could remember that, you know. And um, it- certain stuff I write down, but I don't write everything down word for word. Okay. So, yeah, well, I'm sure some a lot of ad lib is going to hit. You gotta be ready for that really quick. If it, do you ever like find yourself halfway through a joke that you've worked on for a long time, about halfway through it, all of a sudden you just discovered that new punchline right there? Has that ever happened? Like on stage, like you've said this joke before, but now you've like figured it out right on the spot. Has that ever happened? No, no. That that. Have you ever gotten through one and you just forgot the end of it? I have done that. <laughs> I have done that. But like th- thinking of the punchline. Uh, in the middle of the joke, that happens to me while I'm, I'm reviewing the joke um, okay. after, mm-hmm. but not not when I'm on stage um, performing. Gotcha. 
I was just curious if that ever happens. You know, I just always wondered if they, like, you're always working on this one thing and this one thing that all of a sudden it comes to you right then and there. It's in if you just throw it out there, if you hold it back and just, like, rewrite it next time. I never know. It's just a different world there. That's really cool. You guys, we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to be right back. You're listening to James C. Stark Radio with our guest, local comedian Jonathan Ponciano. I told you we'd be right back. Pow, just like that. Had to take our old 420 break. You know, our favorite sponsor. Anyways. Oh, pause for the <laughs> So before we continue on this awesome story of yours, we are sitting here with Jonathan Ponciano, local comedian and... Um, Half philosopher here, too. He's got a lot of really cool things uh, that we've talked about off air here for a little bit. Uh, I don't know. He's just, he's got a great mind. He's got a lot of cool stuff to offer us, uh, future-wise comedy and other things. He's a very talented human being. Anyways, buddy, before we go Thank on, you. you're welcome, man. You've been hosting an open mic, and now you're back doing that. Where can we see you at that uh, the thing you're hosting there, the uh, bingo, or was it just okay. like no, no, no. so, so I, I, I before the coronavirus, I was, was hosting a uh, music bingo and trivia. Um, I was hosting uh, open mic, um, actually two, and I'm at bringing one back, bringing one of those back, and it's called Tap That Beaver, uh, here in Phoenix at the Beaver Bar, which is about. North Phoenix, around 19th Avenue and Cactus. I know those dudes. So, yeah. Uh, the Beaver Bar. Come tap that beaver. What that means is I give comics five minutes. After, five, after two and a half minutes, I give the crowd, the audience, the option to start tapping on the countertop, on the table, if the comic is not good, to tap that comic off stage. Gotcha. Okay. So that's where the you know the Beaver Bar, where it's like a tap out open tap mic, out. tap that Beaver. I mean, it 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 will it didn't take a rocket genius to put those together, you know, because I ain't no rocket genius. <laughs> now, it'll take a rocket pervert to figure out a whole another angle on that too. So glad you pointed that out for me. But yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll be back on uh, on Ju- July seventeenth. Yeah, July seventeenth. I got the green light for. July 17th, so I got a whole nother month to uh, promote it and, and you know, make the flyer and all that, so keep an eye out for that. If you're in Phoenix, uh, you're open, uh, you're a comic, come get some stage time, come find out if your jokes are good or not. You know, it is really good. Um, it hurts. It really does hurt, but it's some of the best lessons that you can get is when someone tells you you're not as clever as you think you are. And you got to take that home with you, swallow that pill, rewrite your shit, and come back next week to prove that motherfucker that tapped you out wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely uh Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you comedians are heartless, man. <laughs> Actually, I think that's a really, that's a killer idea. I mean, that's so it goes like the Thank gong you. show with... Oh man, this is I'm glad this is like club that beaver. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I didn't I didn't I can't take credit for it. Like I didn't come up with that concept, but I I do really enjoy that twist to an open mic where, hey, if you're bombing, you know, fucking let's tap on the table and get on to the next comic. Hopefully they're funnier. And hey, if you make it through, I, I congratulations. Think it's great though, yeah. So, you know, it's just like it's like tapping out in the ring. You know, you, you're going to learn how to come back better next time. You're going to do it right in front of everybody else, too. That's, you know, humiliates you, makes everybody know you're a human, especially you, 
but it does. It just builds your strengths, and you get to go out and you know, it builds those weaknesses, makes your builds your strengths even more. You know what I mean? You know, like, it's, I, I view, it's just a good idea. I, I view good it idea. as getting squeezed. And you got to go in with that attitude. You can't go in with that attitude like, oh, I'm better than everybody else, and then get your ass kicked, and you got to have an attitude. You need to go in with the attitude. Like, I'm and here sometimes to learn something. You need what's that, good though. Bad. You know, uh, the the a uh, really good comic uh, Eddie Griffin has a really good joke about that, where he says. Um, he says, you thought you were Billy Badass. Then you met Billy Badass. <laughs> yeah. Now you find out you're good at math. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Funny ass kid, man. Uh, uh, Eddie Griffin. Um, but yeah, like, you know, when, when you, when you get to those points, like you're, you're getting squeezed, man. And, and me, like I said, I thrive in emotion and when I'm getting squeezed, like it's 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 on, you know, like it the yeah. challenge is on, and um, because of being squeezed through everything that's happening, like I've came out with with some some great ideas for comedy shows, even through this whole quarantine coronavirus times, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I do provide mask. I do provide uh, disinfecting wipes, uh, disinfecting Good. spray, gloves. Uh, I have three mics, so if any comic is concerned or whatnot about everything going on, they could get a clean, disinfected mic, you know, and, right. and plug it in so they don't have to use the same mic as everyone else. Um, so, like, I do keep those precautionary measures. See, guys, all the entertainers in town are doing that, not just the musicians and singers, the comedians, other MC, everybody's doing that. They're all taking care of those microphones, so... No, for sure, and... Uh, because we we have to we have yes, to move yes. forward like yeah there's a coronavirus out here and, and but we have to learn to live with it we have to learn you know to navigate around it i'm not saying coronavirus is not real um i i just refuse to live in fear and right. i'm getting a lot of shit for that right now we all are. you know i'm getting a lot of shit because i'm still doing yeah. open mics I, i'm still doing comedy shows um, I, I've been doing a comedy show throughout the whole quarantine stuff and the whole lockdown with coronavirus. And the the funny thing about this is that all these motherfuckers, they were like, no, it's too soon and blah, 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 blah. As soon as they got a call from these big fucking <laughs> venues where they could fucking showboat and whatnot, you know, oh, I'm on, on, a, I'm on a real comedy club tonight. I'm blah, 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 you know. Now that they're, they're, you know, they're still posting about the whole Corona shit, but hey, guess who's fucking booked on a goddamn show they're going to fucking show up to, not wearing a fucking mask, not social distancing, like you've been fucking flagging around in your social media and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good, you know, it, it oh, like I said, I'm emotionally driven and it fuels me. It's like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you because I know that I've been doing the right thing and the whole coronavirus shit it's been a blessing in disguise brother coronavirus has blessed me beyond measures and it's because i never stopped everyone else stopped everyone stopped doing shows they stopped marketing they stopped promoting themselves they stopped i never did so guess who was in front of every motherfucking face in front of the the biggest club owners here in town, the comedy club owners in town, you know? Like, who was in front of all this? And 
guess what? They took notice of what I did. Everybody took notice of what I did. Why? Because everyone stopped in fear, and I didn't. Crazy. I, yeah, you jumped out of that plane. I did, man. I, yeah. I and this is something. Not this for everyone. Love. Not for everyone, like, but this that's what is you did. Love, that's though. Thing. Yeah. I, I yeah. love comedy. I realized that I need comedy. I realized that a, I need to get this stage time. I need. I, I don't just. I don't just do it for approval. I don't just do it to socialize with other people. I don't just do it to go hang out with other comics. If you see me at an open mic, I'm probably wearing sandals with these like uh the the the, the man tights you know the, the, the man <laughs> leggings with shorts over that um with a, a, a t-shirt carrying a a briefcase okay at an open mic like hell yeah i look weird as fuck man hell yeah <laughs> but i'm i'm not there for you motherfuckers i'm there for me you know i'm there for me to build what I need to build and, and work my jokes out and just get in there and just keep grinding, keep getting better, keep going <laughs> for it because I need this. Like, uh, there's a lot of people out here. Well, let's let's talk about this confidence because this okay. amazing confidence you have. I want to back this up a little bit because... Um, I, I love how you're coming off very strong and all this, but I want everyone to understand where you came from and, and how you've regained all this and, and what almost happened in your life that this didn't okay. happen. So, you because you have a great story. It's very inspirational. And then I want them to rewind and then listen to all that fire you had in your voice a few minutes ago. And this, and then it's, this is going to be good. So, how did you even get here to the United States? Um. So, I... I'm an immigrant myself. I come from immigrant parents. I was born in Guatemala, Central America. My my dad had was already in the U.S. Uh, working in you know pay the coyote to bring me, my mom, and my brother down here. Even though my brother was born here in the U.S., okay. he still got smuggled back into the U.S. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's hilarious in itself. Um, so when I was seven months old, even though I was born over there, they brought me to LA. I was migrated to LA. So you were seven and what was no, it? Seven months. Oh, seven old. months. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Seven I, months I was not day. even a year. Wow. And um, bouncing in the back they, of the they, truck. they took me to, uh, you know, they, my mom migrated me and my brother into the U.S. illegally, um, for a better life and... You know, that's, uh, I, I couldn't thank them more. You know, I, I can't thank them enough for that shit, you know, because what, what did your parents we have a lot do? more options out here. What were they doing um, for work? Um, immigrant shit, know. man. <laughs> uh, they were doing construction, uh, housekeeping. Uh, they were doing, um, uh, whatever like before, they but I mean, Before they got here, how did they save up the money to, to, to pay the coyotes and stuff? You know, like... No, no. Did so they have a it's job uh, like that, or was it just a no, no, no. It, so it's uh, basically um, my mom had got pregnant when she shouldn't have, and they just uh, my mom and my dad escaped. Uh, basically, they migrated to uh, Louisiana, some small town in Louisiana. 
Okay. Uh, while, when they were pregnant from my brother. So that's where he was born in Louisiana. Okay. Uh, they had got some... Actually, no, they were they went there legally because they had got visas. So when uh, my, my their visa was about to expire, my mom went back to Guatemala. As my dad, he had he him and his cousin migrated to uh, Louisiana. They made it to L.A. So they worked there in L.A. while my mom had me because she when she she went back to Guatemala, she was pregnant with me. Okay. And then they migrated back to. Uh, so my dad went went up to L.A. My mom went back to Guatemala. That's where I was born. Had me seven months later. And then migrated me back to L.A. with my brother. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, she must have been going crazy. The stress that was on her must have been nuts being back and forth like that. Yeah. Oh. Um, it, it, I'm sure it was tough. Uh, she Obviously, like, most of our family still is in Guatemala. Uh, it's just a few of us that are out here in the U.S. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're definitely uh, uh, immigrants. I, I have seen my parents be unjustifiably, you know, racially profiled and you know pulled over and and just just for no reasons, you know. Like I I've seen people talk down on them because they have broken English. I've seen sure you know like just sure. just stuff where. You're a kid. You you wish you could step up, you know, uh, but you can't. Uh, so you live with that type of, of feeling inside, you know, like that animosity where right. you're like, okay, well I need to shut up now, but wait till I could talk, wait till I I could f- express myself, motherfucker, because it's it, it's about beyond. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where this is where he gets emotional. <laughs> this is where he starts firing up. There's a lot of like I, I've I've been in situations where I'm the only person of color in a room and the cops show up and, and all the white people are sitting in the couch comfortably and, and sofas and on the ground. I I'm laying on the ground with boots and guns on my head and my back and, you know, my leg and I'm like, I ain't do nothing different than these motherfuckers. Why am I the only right. person here, you know, doing this? Um, but, you know, it it, yeah. it all... I believe everything is just a blessing in disguise. I, you know, you may not take it like that when it's happening to you. Sure. But once you, get, you let it process and it takes a few years and... You know, you get past the whole victim mentality. Oh, well, well, me, two ways me. of looking at it. You know, they, they always say you know, that which does not kill you is going to make you do. Is going to have one of two things are it doesn't kill you. You're either going to get stronger, or you're going to wind up crippled up the rest of your life. You know, right? So, I mean, <laughs> if it doesn't kill you, you're gonna, or it's going to put you in a wheelchair and be drooling and eating out of a straw or something forever. So it's up to it's up to you to get past it. You got to you got to use all the experience to either grow. Or, or not get busy living or get busy dying get busy smartening up or get busy getting stupid and, but make up your mind and you know my, my mentor reminds me of that all the time is that if you are not growing you're dying right and, and that is something that just fuels me uh, because if I'm not growing I'm dying what were some of the 
what were some of like um, like the first jobs you had growing up before you were doing this? Were oh like, man, the first job I ever had uh, was in LA. It was a paper boy. Oh wow! I walked around Back in, in the hood. <laughs> I walked around in the hood early in the morning, passed out you know paper, and it was it was a Latino. Uh, it was called, uh, it was basically New Times. It was called Nuestros Tiempos. And they were passing it out in, in L.A. It was like a new thing at that time. And, um, yeah, they, they were paying me, you know, obviously, immigrant wage <laughs> to, uh, to to get out there and do that. Um, I didn't last that long doing that. But uh, other jobs that I had, like just coming out of high school, were... Um, I used to drive for this construction company, and I used to I used to drive uh, the like big old like towing trucks, you know, but they had scaffold on them, and I used to drive all the workers and everyone to there, and it didn't work because I I was making six dollars an hour, and I found out the people that I was responsible for, I had to get up there earlier, set up, and all that. And they, I gave them a ride, so they got to nap through the whole shit, you know, uh, even through traffic. Right. After a long day of work, and I'm, like, trying to stay awake my hardest behind the wheel because we just worked our asses off. Um, they were making, like, 15, 16. Uh, yeah, and oh. I'm just like, man, fuck you. I got my papers. Too, yeah. You know, I got right. my green card, brother. Like, what the fuck? You guys don't need, like, you guys, are, they were illegals, you know? So, and it, 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 it angered me, so... Uh, they they didn't give me a raise, so I just started kind of just showing up when I wanted to, and uh, I didn't re- I just didn't take that company seriously. Um, I kind of felt bad later on because my dad was still working for that company. Uh, he he was in the office though doing some estimation. He wasn't out in the field, but uh, I was just like, yeah, fuck you guys. Um, I, I've I've done it all, man. I I've done it all. I've done it all here in Phoenix. Uh, construction landscaping um i've never done roofing smart yeah i, I did roofing uh arizona's gotta be one of the hardest damn things i did I some cement lane and shit like that uh, that yeah that that's some sort of shit man uh i've uh, done some demo and and you know yard cleanup shit like that man done a lot of warehouse like i'm i, I took a lot of knowledge from warehouse work man like warehouse work real because it, it to me, it was a puzzle. So now I could go into your business, any business, any business out there, I could go into your business and systemize your business for you. Like I could see, okay, this these are just extra steps people are taking. They're just taking extra time. This is this not really necessary or whatever. Like I, I could see all of that. That's um, like your your superpower. I know you were telling me about that earlier. Something we like that. Like you, you, <laughs> yeah. you see things different. Like you, you see this like weird organization. Yeah. Organized, like everything is right there. Uh, it's like, like your jokes too. You, you you sit there and you puzzle them <laughs> together until you find that. Oh yeah, one man. little you, thing. You have I think to that's so. Them it's together, cool, man. Like it, it's it's a never ending. Tell puzzle. us um tell us about that crazy life changing experience you had through all this growing up and stuff that almost. Uh, Put you on a whole wrong path. Oh man! Uh, tell, us, tell us about that. So growing up in the neighborhood, like man, like I was very intrigued with the whole gangster style, you know, like the cholo style, right, of uh, uh, Southern California. 
Uh, I think my parents saved my life by moving here. Um, but I, I was still very intrigued in, in a lot of that. So I wasn't, I, I was very high on the whole ideal that everyone's trying to keep us down. You know, everyone right. is and the man is, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's, and I believe all that. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. so I was always like, you know, I was always not keeping a job because of that. And, you know, had some arguments and different shit because of that. But... Um. Uh, uh man, uh, when was it? It it, it had to be like. It, it it was 2012. It was 2012, about June or July. Um, I had I had this uh, drug deal that went bad, uh, and I needed that drug deal to go through because I I had all my bills gambled on that transaction oh, ran man. everything um bad place well, i i just i and i knew this dude was a little shady but i needed that deal to go through uh one guy ends up that... robbing another guy now oh, the man. other guy blames me for it but he knows where i live so he's threatening to come to my house and shoot up the place you know i have my kids my brother and my niece and my nephew there i'm like i can yeah i can't have this going on um, I, I basically had to send everyone out the house, like, and obviously my brother's paying half the bills, half the rent, you know, so he wasn't too happy about that shit. Uh, but I'm like, dude, like you, your guys' lives is in danger. So you motherfuckers got to go. Um, I stayed there with a few buddies of mine. We were coked out. We were loaded. We were ready, you know, ready for some cause homeboy, I didn't know him. But he's talking some mafia shit, and he's going to shoot up the place and all that. And, um, you know, since my brother, he, he was pretty pissed off. Uh, you know, one of the things he told me before he left, he's like, dude, I'm tired of this shit. You need to fucking get your shit together. Yeah, you're um, lucky he didn't beat you down, right? Yeah, he, and yeah. he was like, you know, take this shit, uh, take this time to put your head out of your ass, you know, and figure out the fuck you're doing with your life. Um, so I'm like, damn, but after a month, nothing happened. So, you know, everything, we just kind of went back to normal. And, um, then I started going to some personal development classes and, you know, we, I go there before Corona, I was going there every Tuesday morning, uh, mm -hmm. from eight to nine thirty, And we study one book. The book is called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And that's like our Bible, you know. But when I went there, I, I was I was ready for change because obviously after spending that month living like that, like just paranoid, coked out, any light, any sound, anything I made you, you know, pick up the gun and, and, and ready like you just never know sure I had, sure, and I had a car that paranoia and, so, it, and then just oh it's crazy yeah, yeah no, and, and that yeah. paranoia eats you alive and so the, the the guy that got robbed and knew where I lived he was black and there was a car that had pulled up to by the front of the house a little further up and whatnot, and just stayed there during this whole time oh, so any light any car I'm I'm on it right so I'm by the window and I, I, you know, cock my gun, my gun and I'm like, I'm ready. And then, um, 
I see the back door opens, and it, it, it was a black dude reached out and put something out in the sidewalk, and my heart just started beating. Oh, sure. I'm like, yeah, this is it. You know, right. fuck it, dude. It like, peak of, like, yeah, I had all the lights paranoia, off, whatever. I'm all, you know, they're, they're going to think they're going to sneak up. I'm going to come out, just, you know, boom, boom, boom. Uh, surprise them, whatnot. Um, and then the door closed, and they took off. And I'm like, like this, this is not the life, you know. Yeah. This, this is not the life I want to live, and um, so I was ready when I went to the personal development class. I was ready for change, you know. I was ready for a different lifestyle. Whatever I thought was right and all that, like I, I know it wasn't at this point. I'm like, fuck this. So I started going there, and it's definitely helped me out. Um, I started going to college and just just finding different ways to different knowledge, different just exploring out there. And uh, it just it, it brought me to where I'm at today. You know, I'm 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 still crazy as fuck. <laughs> you know, like I, I I'm I'm still going to anger management classes. I do art therapy. You know, um, to help me cope with my emotions like just in in anger wise because when i get i get angry like i blow the fuck up you know like i'll and i don't give a fuck who's watching you know like ah i i'm just raw just lose it and that's it I, yeah, yeah sure. like i lose it and, and that's it um and i don't like that you know because i'm working hard to build a name for myself in this industry and one wrong move one one wrong night, one bad night. They lose it on some of it. Yeah. Uh huh. You know? Oh yeah. And I, I, I understand that. And you I'm like, okay, no, nah, I'm risking. And but especially when I'm thing, doing it. See you, but you at least see a lot of people don't understand that they have anger issues or this or that and other thing. They take it out on the wrong people, and they take it out the wrong way, you know, or do the wrong things. But Bender see, done least, that, like, brother. brother Bender done saying, that. If everybody's <laughs> listening. You're 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 talking through how you how you've you've worked through this. You're still working through this. So you're probably going to be for a while because that's oh, yeah. what you need to do it. And then you have these outlets like the art and, and things like that, and your and your comedy. And you take all this and you observe this stuff, and then you totally turn it around and channel it into something funny. I hate to say, it, but it's like the wannabe gangster is a natural goofball. And right. you got this monster in between that's going. Eh, I still got this shit. I got to get out of me. But as long as I can keep that here. And I can keep that in show. I can channel it here. It's good. No, it's cool. It's good advice that you're giving without even if you know that you're doing that or not. Because you accept the fact that you that you have this in you, this this rage and this anger, and you you know that you. It's easier oh, for you to work I, through I, it. I understand instead that there of, is instead of just going in beating me. people down, you know. So and I I understand that there is a beast in me, brother. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that now. I could focus that beast into destructive, negative shit, which I've done in the past, and, and I've had someone recently trigger me to unleash that angry beast on them, um, which I'm not too happy about, you know, just to clarify it. <laughs> However, <laughs> I could sweet. use that beast for that, or I could channel that energy, those raw emotions of mine, into something positive, something that builds not only me but other people 
gives them the opportunity right. to express themselves in this way. And yeah, I'm not a guru by any fucking means, but I do have knowledge that I believe a lot of people will benefit from. And because I am open like a fucking book, I believe people will benefit from that because I will let them know, yeah, this is what I did. You probably don't want to do that, you know, because this is how it paid out for me. And it wasn't a pretty picture. That's now, right. I'm fucking working double because on top of building what I'm building, I got to fucking clean up the fucking pieces right. that yeah, I fucking made. Have. Yeah. Right. And, but we, you know, especially in the ghetto community, like we, we're not raised to see that. We're raised to just react and rage and all, oh, well, they Survive. had it coming. They knew how I was. They blah, blah, blah. Like, in those become cop-out excuses for us to take responsibility and accountability for what we do and how we do it. Um, but with the same sense, we have this fucking shame culture that if you are who the fuck you are and they don't like it, they will shame you. They will even go up to your fucking job and try to get you fucking fired because you said something that you that they didn't like. Of you saying, sure, you know? like it's definitely a, a, a like a balancing act, um, but you definitely have to become accountable for the shit that you're doing and the shit that you say because the first step of change of changing anything in your life and your mind or whatever is awareness. You need to be aware that you're doing this, why you're doing this. How come you're reacting this way? And that, here, here, okay, here. this. Sorry, I didn't I fucked up. That. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this might not be the best way I should have reacted. I get that. For next time, I'll be ready. And, you know, and for sure, um, you know, we definitely need to be accountable for, for what we do and what we say. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't, if you don't take accountability for it, it'll never change. You can blame everybody else and it's everyone else's fault. You suck it up, man. Own your shit. Period. Yeah, end. Own sure. your shit, man. This is a lot easier than just doing that and just trying to buy this bullshit and then trying to live through that the rest of you. It just eats you away. And, you know... And, you know, there's a lot of people that say that shit just to sound nice and to mm -hmm. sound so mm -hmm. spiritual and mythical. They just want you to hear but what... Yeah, they want you to hear what you want to hear. Look at their trends. Look at their patterns, their behavior, their habit. That will tell you way more than their mouth does. Mm -hmm. That will tell you if that's equally now, if that's, you know, what the heart is truly out there. Like, I I pay attention to what motherfuckers are saying. I definitely, yeah, okay, you want to change, blah, 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 cool. I'll look at how you talk. I'll look at what you're talking about. I'll look at, you know, because I don't want to associate with someone that's always going to see a problem to every solution. You know, I don't want to associate. I, I've dealt with that shit all my life. I was one of them motherfuckers most of my life. Now I don't. I'm not that person. I don't want to even be around people like that because that shit's contagious. That shit's like worse than the coronavirus, man. It's so contagious and you're doing it without even realizing that you're doing it. Like, yeah, it's that, crazy. You know? It's crazy. It's a crazy world. Everybody's got to make their choices and I'm glad 
you made the one you did. A lot of people don't. The biggest one you said is awareness. Now that we've taken everybody completely off subject, this is great because you guys just got into a mind of a, of a man who has been able to channel some real dark crap and a real rough time into into a uh, into a really good life. And uh, now he's going to go punch the shit out of the punching bag, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. See how fast we are? Jonathan got all his aggression out really quick and <laughs> broke that freaking bag. Well, he was working it up. It was great. You guys, check him out. He's got a website. It's PoncianoComedy.com. And Ponciano is P-O-N-C-I-A-N-O. Did I get that right this time? Yes, sir. Again, let's try that again. So in case you're writing it down, grab your crayons, giddies. P-O-N-C-I-A-N-O and comedy.com. And now tell us, the show is called Behind the Glass Cage. Is that correct? Is it Behind yeah, the Glass Cage yeah. comedy? Or is that, and that's your, is that the That, that was these? my, um, that was the show that I came up with uh, during the whole quarantine coronavirus that was your pandemic. There. Okay, yeah. that's what I was doing. Okay, that was cool. Yeah, that's that, what that was that's called. The name of Behind right. the Glass Cage uh, comedy. And basically that, so when the whole corona happened, it, it, it hit everyone. You know, they closed down all the comedy clubs and all the bars and stuff. That's where our open mics are at. Uh, that's where we go do our thing. And they started doing virtual mics, which uh, virtual mics, it, I view them as masturbation. Okay. You know, like... <laughs> Is definitely not the real thing, but it, it really does scratch an itch that you need to scratch at this particular time. Hey, it's yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, you know, works for me, dude. I've I a lot of comics, uh, they talk down on the whole virtual mic and all. It's not it's not a real crowd or it's not a real whatever. Um, but I I came up with two of my best jokes during that time and with the old um whole uh, virtual mics uh, i have a, a buddy here he i hope he's still a local comic <laughs> i know he went out for the summer i hope he comes back uh but he has a virtual mic called this is gonna be a disaster on zoom and um it's every monday and wednesday and i i jumped on that real quick you know just to get my my thoughts out just to sure, sure. express myself and, and and work on these jokes and um it's been a lot of like i said a lot of people talk shit about it but it's been nothing but a blessing to me to my comedy career uh to just being a better comic and just learning how to roll with the punches um but since a lot of comics were you know sneezing and looking down on the uh, virtual mics uh they a lot of the thing that they would say is oh well this is there's not a real crowd i want a real crowd so me uh having the entrepreneur mind and spirit that i do i'm like okay this is the problem we have virtual mics and this is not the real issue you know, this is not the real crowd, so uh, comics don't want to come here. The real issue is where is the real crowd at? So okay. I was looking around. Well, the only crowd, because we were in quarantine, was people standing in line waiting for a pickup or 
you know, for uh, um, DoorDash people or people waiting for a pickup takeout at their famous favorite restaurant. Okay. So, around this time, a friend of mine invited me to her event. I went. It was in Mesa. Uh, this venue, uh, the the event didn't go as planned, <laughs> but I noticed this venue had really big windows that were pointing to the parking lot, and in that side of the parking lot, they had tables out there. Each table was 10 feet apart, no more than four people per table, because that was the regulations at that time. And light bulbs just went out. Just light bulbs in my head like, oh, shit. Okay. So then I presented the idea about a week later. And they liked it. Um, we did it. And it, it was it was, it was was a success. It wasn't a huge turnout, but it was definitely a success. Uh, to me, it was definitely fulfilling to see my fellow comics just being together again, having fun, doing what we do. You know, I provided all the masks, all, like I said, all the masks, Make sure all, all the, uh, the gloves, uh, of course. At this point, it was still Corona lockdown, so we mandatorily just disinfect every single mic. I have three right, mics. So you're saying before, yeah. yeah I have uh -huh. three mics, and yeah, we yeah. disinfected every single one of them. Uh, as soon as the mic, the the comic, the next comic was up, um, he'll grab a clean co or him or she. They'll grab a, a clean, clean one. mic and plug it in because the previous uh, comic unplugged their mic. So then you know just kind of kept it that way, um, safe and and the customers weren't allowed to use the bathroom inside. So it was nothing but us as the um, Basically, what I'm trying to say is that we, we were following all the rules, you know? Yeah. Like, we were following all the quarantine rules, and this thing became a thing. Uh, even now that we're, the Phoenix cities have opened up, you know, all the cities around Phoenix and all that, all the bars, restaurants, whatnot, um, behind, the behind the glass cage comedy is still a thing. Good. Like, it's still... We're still doing our thing about once or twice a month. Now, if if somebody wants to get involved in that, can they go to your website? Is there information on there? Is there a special? So yeah, you can they go can to my call? website and uh, send me an email, or you could also follow me at uh, my social media, which it's on my website, and I post all that stuff there. Shoot me a message, and I definitely get you involved. You know, get you signed up. Uh, it, it's more of an open mic than a show, but it's a fucking show. Well, yeah, that's like you Trust said, that's, that's the it, gym. That's where you got to go test it out, chop it, throw up against the wall, see what happens. It, it creates it. a certain energy. Like, behind the glass cage comedy, basically, we're, we're partying in the parking lot. That's what we're doing. Okay. You know, we're in the parking lot while the comic is behind the glass cage. The, the speakers are outside of the glass. And you know, so they could hear us. They could, and we could see their reaction. That's a cool idea. So basically, what I fucking did, I solved these problems that I saw in front of me, because motherfuckers were just like the warehouse. About, it's not a real fucking yeah. Just like I, the I saw the that pieces it, that yeah. were in front of me. Boom! I put them together. This is the best fucking result that I could come up with right now, 
with the pieces that were given yeah. while maintaining, you know, still following the rules and the laws and, and all that other good stuff. Um, and that's where, and that's how uh, Behind the Glass Cage comedy became about. Uh, the beauty of the whole coronavirus is that, yeah, that's a fucking great idea. That's a genius idea. But everyone froze in fear. So that was the only idea out there. That was the only idea, the only mic, the only show being promoted throughout this whole coronavirus. So everyone fucking saw that. Everyone took notice of it. And that boosted me way, way, way higher than I probably would have been boosted if everything would have still been open and all the other shows, all the other comedy clubs and everything would have still been running. Um, so, yeah, like, I... I no, you saw opportunity <laughs> and, you, and you pounced on it, that's for sure. No, for sure. Yeah, Coronavirus yeah, hit yeah. me. Don't get me wrong. Coronavirus hit you found, my wallet. It's like everything you've time. done before. You, you, found, you found something positive and all the negative. Yeah. That's what you've oh, been yeah. having to do for a long time. So and, and look, and just, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, to sound... I'm not trying to sound like I'm above everyone. I'm not trying to sound like I'm better and and, and I I know something you guys don't oh, know. Oh, it's whatever. just confidence that you get into this. What, what I am saying is that I I also bitched and moaned when the when the clubs uh the clubs the bars and and the restaurants shut down. There went a lot of my income. More than fifty percent of my income went. Out the door with that shutdown. Oh yeah, it everybody hit me hard. got hit. I everybody, bitched, yeah. They complained for about two weeks. I posted, "Oh, poor me," just like everybody else. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? I blah blah. blah. And then I'm like, you know what? Then you did I, I could wave the white flag, or I could get the fuck up, get creative, and do something about this. Just the same shit that I, I, my mentor tells me all the time. And I'm like, you know what? This is my time. I I I should have been dead a long time ago, multiple times. So the corona does not scare me, you know. And now data's coming out that hey, you, if you have a strong enough immune system, you can defeat the coronavirus, even if it is around you. Uh, so I am exercising daily. You know, I am um, getting a lot of vitamin D because a lot of the cases of death cases are, are vitamin D deficient. Um, but I I refuse to let fear run my life. Um, I, I've lived in fear before this whole comedy thing happened. I, I was depressed, man. I was locking myself in my room all day long. I came out to go get some beer uh, to the store, you know, get some beer, come back get in my room, you know, watch some Netflix or, or something, just just stay in there, you know. Um, not until I started doing open mics and started doing stuff, I started coming out and started being more myself. But what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I'm fucking human. Like, I'm human. Like, every motherfucking listening to this shit, you know, like, I don't have no special gift or tool I mean maybe my gift is just the love of entertaining it and that I've, I I caught the bug of getting on stage 
Um, but it, it is no different. Anyone could get up there and do it. You know, anyone could go out there and do this shit. What bo boosted me here throughout the corona is that no one wanted to and no one did while I did. Um, and, and that, every, you know, and that goes a, a lot of different, a lot of different paths on that because some people just didn't want to they didn't know you know because we, we don't know what the truth is half the time right. with it anyway we don't know other ones were just i'm not even going to deal with that i'm scared i don't want to deal with it you know i don't want to take the chance other people said screw this i'm going to throw you know fear aside and just I'm not going to live that way and do it so everybody has to make their own choice there's no right or wrong because it's only affecting certain people certain people it's not so who knows you know just be careful guys just don't live in fear don't let fear rule you you know just live smart just that's all. Just no, make, for sure. You know, everyone knows. Everyone knows your your own situation. You know, right. like definitely. I take. My, I'll tell my kids, hey, just make sure you eat an extra vitamin C tablet. You know, throughout the day. You know, like just make sure your immune system is is up there. But like, why am I gonna put fear in them? You know, right? And like, yeah, we don't have pre existing conditions. But for sure, for sure, you know, like you need to take your life into your own hands, and in everything, take, yeah, in, in everything. everything, and especially in this, if you have, um, like certain immune issues, then obviously, yeah, you need to be concerned about this. But it shouldn't shut down everyone else that doesn't, and you know, it's like you said, man, we don't know. You know, we, right. we we don't know, and, right. and that is, I I believe, like I I mentioned earlier, I I feel like our politicians are like, are my uh, Sunday school teachers. You know, like they give us all this type of bullshit <laughs> because they just can't say, uh, well, I don't know. You know, yeah, <laughs> they just can't bear to say that. That's and, funny, man. You know, we are in that time where it's like, uh yeah, I I don't know, but just from what I'm seeing, from what I'm doing. Um, then yeah, like I don't, I don't, I, I will provide the safety measures for everyone else that wants to take safety precautionary measurements. But to me, like I'm, I'm not wearing a fucking mask, man. Like, it's, it's does it make a difference if, if I wear a mask or don't? You know, because I don't have the coronavirus. I'm not coughing. And if I do cough. I'm coughing in my hand, so it's not just spreading now. And you've been you know, exposed like, yeah. so much. And I wash now. like yeah, so you're wash your hands like motherfucker. We should have been doing that from the beginning. Your mama should have taught <laughs> you to wash your fucking hands after right, you know you've been bathroom like. All right, we gotta. I heard a, a, a very smart man say, um, not only do you need to know what you like, but you need to know why you like that. Yeah. You know, some of, once we dissect that, some of us, we're doing this to impress a certain person in our lives, or we're doing this for the wrong reasons, basically. Um, right. Once yeah. we learn yeah. 
okay, yeah, this is not working, this is not making me happy at the end of the day, then we could adjust to that because now we know why we're doing certain things. You know, we're I'm doing this, why? Because it makes me fucking happy. You know, I'm doing this because well, it makes me feel fulfilled. That's the main, that's, that's the greatest message right there. You got to make yourself happy. If you don't, you're no good to anyone else anyway, unless you're good to yourself first. So with that said, guys, I hate to wrap this up today, but we are out of time. Jonathan, thank you so much yes, for being sir. part of the show. Dude. Thank it's you, Jim, man. We're going really to have you on again. And next this. time we have you on, we're going to have some clips of you live, too. And, and, guys, and next time that I'm on, we got to talk about how we met. Oh, that's right. I, I try to get out of that, <laughs> but that's we'll a whole other show. That. Yes, because that was that is awesome. That was fun. That was awesome. If you guys want to be part of this show, make sure you tell your friends. If you know someone that wants to be out of the show, tell them. Tell them to uh, give us a call six two three nine one zero zero two six five or email me at jcsradio at yahoo.com and don't forget to tune in to the beat goes on with Larry King and check out her tunes uh, with all of our awesome top local bands they're really cool so would you like to say anything else say goodbye to anybody on the way out Sir, Sir Jonathan no just uh, you know what yeah huge shout out to the Phoenix comedy scene for being alive being hungry and being fucking awesome and also make sure you follow me at poncianocomedy.com I only have one video right now but I will get some more up soon You guys stay awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. We're out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.